Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So this week, I'm going to answer Julie's next question, which actually is related to the stay at home during the pandemic, at least for some kids, and that's about kids and trauma. Believe it or not, some of our kids may be experiencing some levels of trauma. So I'm going to talk about what is trauma, what are the effects of trauma, and then how do we as parents help kids heal from trauma? Last week's episode about the effects of stay-at-home on kids' development was a nice precursor and an understanding about how the stay-at-home orders have likely affected development of kids at different ages. So if you haven't listened, you may want to go back and listen to last week's episode as well. Even going forward, when kids go back to school and activities, the rules in place will be different for them. Things will look and feel different. The rules will be different. So talking about trauma so parents can be aware of how their children may actually be experiencing trauma, even if we didn't realize that's exactly what it was. A second question about setting up a developmental play space at home. So I'll talk about what that looks like for different age groups and things to consider. So Julie's second question was, my husband and I are in the process of applying to be foster parents. I've been trying to do my own research on trauma and how to work with kids who have been traumatized. The agency we are working with will also provide us with an all-day trauma training. My first question on this is, what, if any, advice do you have for working with traumatized kids? I've been reading the book, The Connected Child, which talks about how to handle kids whom you've adopted or are fostering and whom have experienced trauma. It's been a great resource, and I'm happy to say that almost everything they're saying in the book are peaceful parenting methods that we have already been using from day one with our daughter. But I wonder if you can offer any insight on this subject, especially because I know you had some trauma in your childhood. So first, you know, Julie, you probably know as much as I do at this point about trauma, especially if you've had the workshop by now. So I'm happy to see you're getting that kind of support for your family in bringing in a foster child. So for the audience with little to no experience, I'm going to cover a few basics about trauma first, especially because these rapid changes have potentially been traumatic for some children, and this way parents can recognize it. Also, so that parents can just know about it for any future events, a car accident, witnessing violence at school, or even at a friend's house or a neighbor's house, any number of events that could happen in our child's developmental years. We hope children never have to experience trauma, but it does happen. But it doesn't have to be as bad as it seems or sounds. Kids can bounce back and be stronger than before, and we parents can be a big part of that process. So what is trauma? Trauma is an emotional response to an intense event that threatens or causes harm. The threat can be real or perceived, physical or emotional. It can also be a threat or harm to someone close to the child. 
There can be a single event or a prolonged trauma, things that can cause trauma. And while most of these will not be things your children will ever have to deal with for most of the audience, a few could be, as in Julie's case, for bringing in a foster child or anyone else fostering or adopting or a friend of your child or classmate may experience some of these. Abuse, physical, sexual, or emotional, neglect, poverty, lack of food, adult supervision if the parents or parent are out trying to make ends meet, constantly having to move because of lack of money for rent, living in cars. I saw all of this when I worked with kids at the community center. It's really sad to see kids being affected by these situations, being separated from loved ones, bullying, witnessing harm to a loved one or a pet such as domestic or community violence natural disasters, or accidents. And I'll get more into how the current situation could affect some kids this way. And lastly, addiction or mental illness with a caregiver. Children in the child welfare system are particularly vulnerable. They likely come out of a very hard situation and already had trauma, and now their future is very unknown. They often get bounced around from home to home before they finally find a family, if they do find one at all. Trauma can affect the body physically. Kids will often have things like upset stomachs, regression in potty training, and bedwetting for older kids who were already potty trained or getting through the night and now they're not. Really, just a real struggle to control a response to stress. Their brains and bodies are flooded with cortisol as a stress response and trauma response. They are constantly in fight or flight mode. The brain is affected, difficulty with concentration, with memory, switching from one activity or one thought process to another. They are affected emotionally, low self-esteem, inability to regulate emotions, which is related to the stress response. They can have difficulty forming attachments if they've been moved around a lot or their first attachment figure or experience was not a good solid one. They'll have trust issues, depression and anxiety, Behaviorally, they can have issues with impulse control, aggression, running away, substance abuse, and suicide. Kids who have been through a lot will many times just act out because they feel unlovable. If they can do something to make sure this person doesn't want them, it just protects them from that fear. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I do something bad, then they won't like me. I never have to find out that even if I did act good, that I'm actually unlovable or the thought that I'm just bad. I've been told that I'm bad, I've been told that I'm worthless, and so I'm just gonna make sure that everyone knows it. Now, factors that can affect trauma are frequency. A single event is far less traumatic and harmful than an ongoing trauma. The perception, how much danger the child perceives themselves to be in. Sensitivity, some children are just more sensitive than others. Now, I'm one of those, so my trauma probably affected me far more deeply than the same experience would have affected another kid who had much thicker skin than I do, or did at the time. I'm still a very sensitive person. It's just part of who I am. Now I'm going to talk about how stay-at-home and other changes could be affecting some kids in a way that we would categorize it as trauma. Then I'll cover the ways to help kids with trauma, both for recovering from the pandemic and for Julie, with a child who may have more severe trauma or anyone else who's considering adopting or fostering and may also be bringing in a child who has more severe history of trauma. And I'm also gonna pull from my experience working with kids in the agency who dealt with trauma, in particular, sexual abuse trauma, where kids who experienced that, because those are the kids with trauma that I worked with the most. Now, when it comes to the global pandemic and how it is affecting kids, could it 
or when is it considered trauma? Now, in most cases, trauma is going to be much deeper and further reaching for kids who are experiencing poverty that are food insecure, as well as scarcity over other resources like money for rent or health care. Also, children in homes with less of a support structure and loving environment, in homes with domestic violence and child abuse, because there's no safe place or respite from a stressful home situation. And unfortunately, this situation has increased the prevalence of these types of abuse. But even outside of that, there will be huge variations. Can we compare it to an experience with a natural disaster like a hurricane, earthquake, or tsunami? In some cases, yes. Children and family situations are going to vary widely. In a family with one or both parents as essential workers in an ER in a hard-hit city like New York was, that child is likely dealing with some trauma over the safety of their parents, no matter how hard they try to shield the child from it, or a parent or both who have contracted COVID. The other truth is that this has been hugely disruptive to the lives of all kids. They've lost learning capacity, their social interactions, access to physical fitness and other outlets that help maintain anxiety and stress and increase coping skills and self-esteem. Next, I'm going to get into the positive aspects kids and families can draw on, along with tips for helping kids ease and heal from trauma after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. 
gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look, and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to get into what parents can do and also touch more deeply on Julie's particular situation for supporting healing for children with trauma. So two very healing pieces for anyone with trauma is positive relationships. These are positive, healthy relationships with a loving caregiver. If you're practicing positive discipline, you have set a foundation for these positive, supportive relationships already. Secondly is coping skills. Coping skills are things like self-esteem, a growth mindset, and the cla- actually this class is almost done. I'm really excited. We will have that up in a week or two. Emotional intelligence and resiliency. Now this is way too much to go into here. So any of the discipline classes, the self-esteem classes for five and under or six and over, the growth mindset class coming up in a week or two, the classes on supporting kids' emotion skills like your developing infant, toddler, and preschooler, the class on tantrums, the class on helping your child with anger, the class on raising responsible kids, all feed into this raising kids with good coping skills and resiliency. When a child has experienced trauma, whether it's a child struggling with all the changes and stresses of the pandemic, or for a child you're bringing into your home from a foster care or child welfare system who has dealt with trauma, you wanna know the trauma triggers. This applies more to the adoption situation or fostering situation, but if your child is really struggling with all these changes, you may see some triggers in your own child as well. Now, when it comes to the foster care system or a child you're bringing in, let's just say, for example, the child was hit with a hairbrush, spanked with a hairbrush, or made to sit still, and the hair was roughly brushed and pulled. A certain type of hairbrush could be a trigger, or any hairbrush may be a trigger. You want to be emotionally and physically available. Now, this is for all kids who may be dealing with trauma. Some kids from the child welfare system will try to keep you at a distance, as I mentioned. So you want to be available. Don't push, but always offer. This will build trust. While a child in a loving home during the pandemic is not going to have trust issues or attachment issues, they still may struggle with emotions and not always want to talk about every feeling every moment they have them. So be available, be open, be approachable. I can see you're upset. I can see you're really struggling. It looks like you really miss your friends. Do you wanna talk about it? If they say no, then you can just say, you don't have to tell me. Just know I'm always available. When that child comes to you, drop everything. Be there 100%. It takes a lot for them to start to open up. Now in this case, I'm really talking about a child from the foster care system. Just like I talk about on all of the episodes on positive discipline classes, especially the Peaceful Parenting Part Two class, you want to respond. You want to have a plan and be ready rather than reacting. A big response, a loud response to a child who has been through trauma can set back any progress you've made on building a connection. So you need to be especially calm in the face of pressure and stress. Don't take the behavior personally. This is a child who is hurting. This is a child with even less ability to control emotions and they need support. They need help, they need guidance. And this may also refer to your child 
who's home during the pandemic. They're really struggling. Their behavior may be out of whack. They may be acting differently. It's not personal. They may be having more meltdowns, more struggles sharing their emotions appropriately. So you just want to be there to guide and support. Now, when it comes to children from a foster care system, a welfare, child welfare system, they need to heal first. They need to feel safe and then the healing will start. You want to teach the child boundaries and expectations with firmness, but kindness. You want to help your child learn to relax, teach deep breathing, stretching, yoga if you have experience, or you can look up yoga videos for kids, breathing exercises for kids. Be consistent. Now, what I mean by this is as a person in your demeanor, in your everyday interactions, be consistent. Consistency is so important in both of these types of traumas, but especially kids who've been placed with you. The more consistency and positive structure you can provide, the better. Not like a prison, but be there. Be impeccable with your word. Set a daily schedule for meals and bedtimes. When you say you're going to do something, do it. Always be calm. Keep calm. Stay peaceful in every interaction with them. You can set boundaries with firmness and still stay calm. This is so healing to a child whose world has been so inconsistent or turned upside down. So, Julie, I don't know if that's all been covered for you in the books and the classes. I'm guessing a lot of it has. But here are a few things that I can share about what I learned in working with kids with trauma. And it just reiterates what I shared in some of these other points. Be patient. Children and people want love and need love. You'll have to be patient. The child will take time to trust you and may even be hostile at first. This isn't personal. It's a lot of hurt. It's trauma. I remember one boy then in particular who was placed in foster care because his mom was in rehab for drug addiction. He was then sexually abused during foster care by the foster dad. This was a nine-year-old boy. Imagine a young boy and his first sexual experience is forced upon him by a grown man who's supposed to take care of him like a father figure. And he didn't have a father figure in his life. And this is what this man does to him. The shame, the anger, the lack of safety and betrayal he's felt from several people. They all let him down. The mom, the foster care system, the foster dad, the foster mom. He's going to be coming of age. He has to contend with confusion around his sexuality. It was just wrong on so many levels. But when this kid met me, he did not like me. You know, I wanted him to trust me right away. I'm warm. I'm caring. I'm extremely trustworthy. I'm clearly oozing compassion. But he wanted nothing to do with me or with therapy. I'm sure he was afraid I was going to try and talk to him about his abuse, which was probably a really scary thought. He tried all he could to shut me out. Here's another adult who says they want to help, who people tell me to trust them, but they've all let me down so far. He tried to make fun of me, tried to put me down. He wanted me to not like him so we wouldn't have to get too close, so that we never had to touch that deep wound. He had a deep wound and he didn't want to go near it, especially with a complete stranger he didn't trust. Now, like I mentioned before, don't take it personally. It's not personal. It's a wound the child is trying to protect. Let them protect the wound. When they say something mean or hurtful, understand it's coming from a place of pain. Brush it off. He made fun of my face and he made fun of my hands. And I have arthritis and so I have some damage from that. 
I had surgery on my jaw, they cut a nerve, and it never grew all the way back. It, it affects my facial expressions on one side of my face. I'm not completely even. And he keyed right into that. He thought he would upset me. He thought he would hurt me. Probably thought I would cry or hide or decide I didn't like him and I didn't want to work with him anymore. I simply explained my life's scars and why I am the way I am. And it caught him by surprise. My self-esteem is bigger than my physical imperfections. I can't change those things. They are part of me. They part of, they're part of what make me who I am. They're part of my strength. But I can be kind regardless of what a wounded child says to try to hurt me before, in his mind, I can hurt him. I had to become friends with him first. I had to connect with him in ways that he enjoyed. He played soccer, so he taught me how to kick and how to dribble. He got to be the expert. He got to lead me and teach me things I didn't know. I even went and watched him play a game, and he was very talented. Our relationship grew from there. We did a lot of good work in the year I worked with him. And he still had a long way to go when his internship was over. But he learned to trust again. That trust is earned, but there are trustworthy people in the world. There are people who care and want to help and that he is worthy of respect and kindness and love. And once you have that foundation set up to work on, the healing for that child will just be astronomical. Now, it looks like I spent a little more time on this topic than I expected, so I'm sorry about that, although I, I think it's a really good one and needed more in-depth conversation. So we'll get to the question about setting up a play space next week. Now remember, if you wanna learn more, watch sample videos with the agendas for any of the classes on positive discipline, self-esteem, your developing infant, toddler, preschooler, raising responsible kids, any of the other over 50 classes, you can see those on the website at yourvillageonline.com. As you begin to venture back out into the world, please stay safe and healthy. And as always, if you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.